Hare Krishna, my dear devotees. Welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in the live studios in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just near the English Channel. Uh, we're here um, with Sikishur Mani Prabhu and Abhidas Brahmachari Prabhu and myself hid away in a little BBT enclave flat um, kind of away from things but in the thick of things at the same time uh, trying to get out the sound the transcendental sound into the ether to purify this time-worn world um, before we do so let us as we always do every day recite the Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram Srila Sanatana Goswami's glorification of the Srimad Bhagavatam. It goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kali Dwanduditaditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna himself. Madeka bando matsangin madgudo man mahadana manishtadagamad bhagya madanandana mostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhuta dayin. Atini chuchatakara Hanamun chakadachin mam Premna rit kandayospura O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly O exalter of the most fallen Please never leave me Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we've reached the 13th chapter of the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. In this canto, Dhritarashtra is going to leave home. But before he does, um, Vidura, who had left the palace, being insulted by Duryodhana, uh, and traveled uh, in the renounced order, came in contact with the Uddhava, and then, on his advice, took initiation from Maitreya, and in the process found out that Krishna had left, the battle of Kurukshetra was finished. And now he's come back uh, to Hastinapur. And all the personalities, especially the ladies who had lost their husbands, uh, were uh, greeting him with great pleasure, with great affection, 
because he was always a favorite of everyone's. So we're in the middle of text 3 and 4 in chapter 13, and we're hearing about the different personalities who are greeting Vidura. And we've come to Draupadi. Draupadi, the most chaste daughter of Maharaj Drupada and partly an incarnation of goddess Shachi, the wife of Indra. Maharaj Drupada performed a great sacrifice under the superintendence of the sage Yaja. By his first offering, Dristadumna was born, and by the second offering, Draupadi was born. She is therefore the sister of Dristadumna, and she is also named Panchali. The five Pandavas married her as a common wife, and each of them begot a son in her. Maharaj Yudhisthira begot a son named Prativindya. Bhimasen begot a son named Sutasoma. Arjuna begot Shutakirti. Nakula begot Shatanika. And Sahadev begot Shutakarma. She is described as a most beautiful lady, equal to her mother-in-law, Kunti. During her birth, there was an aerial message that she should be called Krishna. The same message also declared that she was born to kill many a Chatriya. By dint of her blessings from Shankara, she was awarded five husbands, equally qualified. When she preferred to select her own husband, princes and kings were invited from all the countries of the world. She was married with the Pandavas during their exile in the forest. But when they went back home, Maharaj Drupada gave them immense wealth as a dowry. She was well received by all the daughters-in-law of Dhritarashtra. When she, when she was lost in a gambling match, she was forcibly dragged into the assembly hall and an attempt was made to make made by Dushashana to see her naked beauty, even though there were elderly persons like Bhishma and Drona present. She was a great devotee of Lord Krishna and by her praying, the Lord himself became an unlimited garment to save her from the insult. A demon of the name Jatasura kidnapped her, but her second husband, Bhimasen, killed the demon and saved her. She saved the Pandavas from the curse of Maharishi Durvasa by the grace of Lord Krishna. When the Pandavas lived incognito in the palace of Virata, Kichika was attracted by her exquisite beauty and by arrangement with Bhima, the devil was killed and she was saved. She was very much aggrieved when her five sons were killed by Ashwatthama. At the last stage, <clears throat> she accompanied Yudhisthira and her other husbands and fell on the way. The cause of her falling was explained by Yudhisthira, but when Yudhisthira entered the heavenly planet, he saw Draupadi gloriously present there as the goddess of fortune in the heavenly kingdom. Subhadra, daughter of Vasudev and sister of Lord Sri Krishna. She was not only a very dear daughter of Vasudev, but also a very dear sister to both Krishna and Baladev. The two brothers and sister are represented in the famous Jagannath temple of Puri, and the temple is still visited by thousands of pilgrims daily. This temple is in remembrance of the Lord's visit at Kurukshetra during an occasion of solar eclipse and his subsequent meeting with the residents of Vrindavan. The meeting of Radha and Krishna during this occasion is a very pathetic story, and Lord Sri Chaitanya 
in the ecstasy of Radharani, always pined for Lord Sri Krishna at Jagannath Puri. While Arjuna was in Dwarka, he wanted to have Subhadra as his queen, and he, pressed, he expressed his desire to Lord Krishna. Sri Krishna knew that his elder brother, Lord Baladev, was arranging her marriage elsewhere, and since he did not dare to go against the arrangement of Baladev, he advised Arjuna to kidnap Subhadra. So when all of them were on the pleasure trip on the Raivati hill, Arjuna managed to kidnap Subhadra according to the plan of Sri Krishna. Sri Baladev was very angry at Arjuna and he wanted to kill him. But Lord Krishna implored his brother to excuse Arjuna. Then Subhadra was duly married with Arjuna and Abhimanyu was born of Subhadra. At the premature death of Abhimanyu, Subhadra was very mortified, but on the birth of Parikshit, she was happy and solaced. Text 5 With great delight, they all approached him, which is, who is Vridura, as if life had returned to their bodies. They welcomed each other in due manner by exchanging obeisances and embracing. Purport In the absence of consciousness, the limbs of the body remain inactive. But when consciousness returns, the limbs and senses become active, and existence itself becomes delightful. Vidura was so dear to the members of the Kaurava family that his long absence from the palace was comparable to inactivity. All of them were feeling acute separation from Vidura, and therefore his return to the palace was joyful for all. Text 6 Due to anxieties and long separation, they all cried out of affection. King Yudhishthir then arranged to offer sitting accommodations and a reception. Text 7 after Vidura ate sumptuously and took sufficient rest, he was comfortably seated. Then the king began to speak to him, and all who were present there listened. Purport <clears throat> King Yudhishthir was expert in reception also, even in the case of his family members. Vidura was well received by all the family members by exchange of embraces and obeisances. After that, bathing and arrangements for a sumptuous dinner were made, and then he was given sufficient rest. After finishing his rest, he was offered a comfortable place to sit, and then the king began to talk about all happenings, both family and otherwise. That is the proper way to receive a beloved friend, or even an enemy, According to Indian moral codes, even an enemy received at home should be so well received that he will not feel any fearful situation. An enemy is always afraid of his enemy, but this should not be so when he is received at home by his enemy. This means that a person, when received at home, should be treated as a relative. So what to speak of a family member like Vidura, who was a well-wisher for all the members of the family. Thus Yudhishthir Maharaj began to speak in the presence of all the other, mem all the other members. Text 8 Maharaj Yudhishthir said, My uncle, do you remember how you always protected us along with our mother from all sorts of calamities. Your partiality, like the wings of a bird, saved us from poisoning and arson. Purport Due to Pandu's death at an early age, his minor children and widow were the object of special care by all the elderly members of the family, especially Bhishmadev and Mahatma Bidura. 
Vidura was more or less partial to the Pandavas due to their political position. Although Dhritarashtra was equally careful for the minor children of Maharaj Pandu, he was one of the intriguing parties who wanted to wash away the descendants of Pandu and replace them by raising his own sons to become the rulers of the kingdom. Mahatma Vidura could follow this intrigue of Dhritarashtra and company and therefore, even though he was a faithful servitor of his eldest brother Dhritarashtra, he did not like his political ambition for the sake of his own sons. He was therefore very careful about the protection of the Pandavas and their widowed and, and their excuse me, he was very careful Oh, sorry, I, I made up and sent it down. He was very, he was therefore very careful about the protection of the Pandavas and their widowed mother. Thus he was to speak partial to the Pandavas, preferring them to the sons of Dhritarashtra, although he was actually equally affectionate to both parties in his ordinary eyes. He was equally affectionate to both camps of nephews in the sense that he was always chast he was always chastised that he always chastised Duryodhana for his intriguing policy against his cousins. He always criticized his elder brother for his policy of encouragement to his sons. And at the same time, he was always alert in giving special protection to the Pandavas. All these different activities of Vidura within the palace politics made him well known as partial to the Pandavas. Maharaj Yudhishthira was referred to Maharaj Yudhishthira has referred to the past history of Vidura before his going away from home for a prolonged pilgrim's journey. Maharaj Yudhishthira reminded him that he was both kind and partial to his grown-up nephews even after the battle of Kurukshetra, a great family disaster. Before the battle of Kurukshetra, Dhritarashtra's policy was peaceful annihilation of his nephews and therefore he ordered Purochana to build a house of lac at Varanavata. And when the building was finished, Dhritarashtra desired that his brother's family live there for some time. When the Pandavas were going there, in the presence of all the members of the royal family, Vidura tactfully gave instructions to the Pandavas about the future plan of Dhritarashtra. This is specifically described in the Mahabharata Adi Parva 133. He indirectly hinted a weapon not made of steel or any other material element can be more can be more sharp can be more than sharp enough to kill an enemy and he who knows this is never killed that is to say he hinted that the party of the pandavas were being sent to varanavata to be killed and thus he warned yudhishthira to be very careful in their new residential palace. He also gave indications of fire and said that fire cannot extinguish the soul but can annihilate the material body. But one who protects the soul can live. Kunti could not follow such indirect conversations between Mara, Yudhishthira and Vidura and thus she was inquired and thus when she inquired from her son about the purport of the conversation, Yudhishthira replied that from the talks of Vidura, it was understood that there was a hint of fire in the house where they were proceeding. Later on, Vidura became, later on, Vidura came in disguise to the Pandavas and informed them that the housekeeper was going to set fire to the house on the fourteenth night of the waning moon. It was an intrigue of Dhritarashtra that the Pandavas might die altogether with their mother. And by Vidura's warning, the Pandavas escaped 
through a tunnel underneath the earth, so that their escape was also unknown to Dhritarashtra, so much so that after setting the fire, the Kauravas were so certain of the death of the Pandavas that Dhritarashtra performed the last rites of death with great cheerfulness. And during that mourning period, all the members of the palace became overwhelmed with lamentation. But Vidura did not become so because of his knowledge that the Pandavas were alive somewhere. There are many such instances of calamities and in each of them, Vidura gave protection to the Pandavas on, the one, hand, on one hand and on the other, he tried to restrain his brother Dhritarashtra from such intriguing policies. Therefore, he was always partial to the Pandavas, just as a bird protects its eggs by its wings. Text 9 While traveling on the surface of the earth, how did you maintain your livelihood? At which holy places and pilgrimage sites did you render service? Purport Vidura went out of the palace to detach himself from household affairs, especially political intrigues. As referred to herein before, he was practically insulted by Duryodhana's calling him a son of a Shudrani, although it was not out of place to talk loosely in the case of one's grandmother. Vidura's mother, although a Shudrani, was the grandmother of Duryodhana, and funny talks are sometimes allowed between grandmother and grandchildren. But because the remark was an actual fact, it was unpalatable talk to Vidura, and it was accepted as a direct insult. Therefore he decided to quit his paternal house and prepare for the renounced order of life. This preparatory stage is called Vanaprastha Ashram, or retired life for traveling and visiting the holy places on the surface of the earth. In the holy places of India, like Vrindavan, Hardwar, Jagannath Puri, and Prayag, there are many great devotees, and there are still free kitchen houses for persons who desire to advance spiritually. Maharaj Yudhishthira was inquisitive to learn whether Vidura maintained himself by the mercy of the free kitchen houses, Chatras. Text 10 My Lord, devotees like your good self are verily holy places personified because you carry the personality of Godhead within your heart, you turn all places into places of pilgrimage. This is such an important verse. I'll speak the Sanskrit. Bhavad vidha bhagavatas tirta bhutak swayam bibo tirti kurvanti tirtani swantak stena gadabrita My Lord, devotees like your good self are verily holy places personified. Because you carry the personality of Godhead within your heart, you turn all places into places of pilgrimage. Purport The personality of Godhead is omnipresent by His diverse potencies everywhere. Just as the power of electricity is distributed everywhere within space. Similarly, the Lord's omnipresence is perceived and manifested by His unalloyed devotees like Vidura, just as electricity is manifested in an electric bulb. A pure devotee like Vidura always feels the presence of the Lord everywhere. He sees everything in the potency of the Lord and the Lord in everything. The holy places all over the earth are meant for purifying the polluted consciousness of the human being by an atmosphere surcharged with the presence of the Lord's unalloyed devotees. If, any, if anyone visits a holy place, he must search out the pure devotees residing in such holy places 
take lessons from them and try to apply such instructions in practical life and thus gradually prepare oneself for the ultimate salvation, going back home, back to Godhead. To go to some holy place of pilgrimage does not mean only to take a bath in the Ganges or Yamuna or to visit the temples situated in those places. One should also find representatives of Vidura who have no desire, to, to li who have no desire in life save and accept to serve the personality of Godhead. The personality of Godhead is always with such pure devotees because of their unalloyed service, which is without any tinge of fruitive action or utopian speculation. They are in the actual service of the Lord, specifically by the process of hearing and chanting. The pure devotees hear from the authorities and chant, sing and write of the glories of the Lord. Mahamuni Vyasadev heard them from Narada and then he chanted them in writing. Interesting. Mahamuni Vyasadev heard them from Narada and then he chanted them in writing. Chukadev Goswami studied them from his father and he described them to Parikshit. That is the way of Srimad Bhagavatam. So by their actions, the pure devotees of the Lord can render any place into a place of pilgrimage. And the holy places are worth the name only on their account. Such pure devotees are able to rectify the polluted atmosphere of any place. And what to speak of a holy place rendered unholy by the questionable actions of interested persons who try to adopt a professional life at the cost of the reputation of a holy place. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Srila Prabhupada called these purports his kirtan. <clears throat> Text 11. <clears throat> My uncle, you must have visited Dwarka in that holy place are our friends and well-wishers, the descendants of Yadu, who were always wrapped in the service of Lord Sri Krishna. You might have seen them or heard about them. Are they all living happily in their abode? Purport. The particular word Krishna Devata, that is, those who are always wrapped in the service of Lord Krishna is significant. The Yadavas and the Pandavas who were always wrapped in the thought of Lord Krishna and his different transcendental activities were all pure devotees of the Lord, like Vidura. Vidura left home in order to devote himself completely to the service of the Lord. But the Pandavas and the Yadavas were always wrapped in the thought of Lord Krishna. Thus, there is no difference in their pure devotional qualities. Either, rem either remaining at home or leaving home, the real qualification of a pure devotee is to become wrapped in the thought of Krishna favorably. That is, knowing well that Lord Krishna is the absolute personality of Godhead. Kangsa, Jarasandha, Shishupal, and other demons like them were also always wrapped in the thought of Lord Krishna. But they were absorbed in a different way, namely, unfavorably, or thinking of him to be a powerful man only. Therefore, demons like Kangsa and Shishupal are not on the same level as pure devotees like Vidura, Pan the Pandavas, and the Yadavas. Maharaj Yudhishthira was also Maharaj Yudhishthira was also always wrapped in the thought of Lord Krishna and his associates at Dwarka. Otherwise, he would not have asked first of all 
about them from Vidura. Maharaj Yudhishthira was therefore on the same level of devotion as Vidura, although engaged in the state affairs of the kingdom of the world. Text 12 Thus being questioned by Maharaj Yudhishthira, Mahatma Vidura gradually described everything he had personally experienced except news of the annihilation of the Yadu dynasty. Text 13 Compassionate, Maha, compassionate Mahatma Vidura could not stand to see the Pandavas distressed at any time. Therefore, he did not disclose this unpalatable and unbearable incident because calamities come of their own accord. Purport According to Niti Shastra, civic laws, one should not speak an unpalatable truth to cause distress to others. Distress comes upon us in its own way by the laws of nature. So one should not aggravate it by propaganda. For a compassionate soul like Vidura, especially in his dealings with the beloved Pandavas, it was almost impossible to disclose an unpalatable piece of news like the annihilation of the Yadu dynasty. Therefore, he purposely refrained from it. Text 14 Thus Mahatma Vidura, being treated just as a godly person by his kinsmen, remained there for a certain period just to rectify the mentality of his eldest brother, and thereby he also brought happiness to all the others. Purport Saintly persons like Vidura must be treated as well as, as, well as a denizen from heaven. <clears throat> In those days, denizens of heavenly planets used to visit homes like that of Maharaj Yudhishthira. And sometimes, persons like Arjuna and others used to visit higher planets. Narda is a spaceman who can travel unrestrictedly, not only within the material universes, but also in the spiritual universes. Even Narada used to visit the palace of Maharaj Yudhishthira and what to speak of other celestial demigods. It is only by the spiritual culture of the people concerned that makes interplanetary travel possible, even in the present body. Maharaj Yudhishthira therefore received Vidura in the manner of reception offered to the demigods. Mahatma Vidura had already adopted the renounced order of life and therefore he did not return to his paternal palace to enjoy some material comforts. He accepted out of his own mercy what was offered to him by Maharaj Yudhishthira but the purpose of living in the palace was to deliver his elder brother, Dhritarashtra, who was too much materially attached. Dhritarashtra lost all his state and descendants in the fight with Maharaj Yudhishthira, and still, due to his sense of helplessness, he did not feel ashamed to accept the charity and hospitality of Maharaj Yudhishthira. On the, part of, on the part of Maharaj Yudhishthira, it was quite in order to maintain his uncle in a befitting manner. But acceptance of such magnanimous hospitality by Dhritarashtra was not at all desirable. He accepted it because he thought that there was no alternative. Vidura particularly came to enlighten Dhritarashtra and to give him a lift to the higher status of spiritual cognition. It is the duty of enlightened souls to deliver the fallen ones, and Vidura came for that reason. But talks of spiritual enlightenment are so refreshing that while instructing Dhritarashtra, Vidura attracted the attention of all the members of the family, and all of them took pleasure in hearing him patiently. This is the way of spiritual realization.
The message should be heard attentively and if spoken by a realized soul, it will act on the dormant heart of the conditioned soul. And by continuously hearing, one can attain the perfect stage of self-realization. Text 15 As long as Vedura played, as the part of a shud, played the part of a Shudra, being cursed by Manduka Muni, Aryama officiated at the post of Yamaraj to punish those who committed sinful acts. Purport Vidura, born of the womb of a Shudra woman, was forbidden even to be a part of royal heritage along with his brothers, Dhritarashtra and Pandu. Then how could he occupy then how could he occupy the post of a preacher to instruct such learned kings and Kshatriyas as Dhritarashtra and Maharaj Yudhishthira? The first answer is that even though it is accepted that he was a Shudra by birth, because he renounced the world for spiritual enlightenment by such an authority as Rishi Maitreya and was thoroughly educated by him in transcendental knowledge, he was quite competent to occupy the post of an Acharya or spiritual preceptor. According to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, anyone who is conversant in the transcendental knowledge or the science of Godhead, be he a Brahmana or a Shudra, a householder or a, or a sannyasi, is eligible to become a spiritual master. Even in the ordinary moral codes, as stated by Chanakya Pandit, the great politician and moralist, there is no harm in taking lessons from a person who may be by birth less than a Shudra. This is one part of the answer. The other is that Vidura was not actually a Shudra. He was to play the part of a so-called Shudra for 100 years, being cursed by Mandukamuni. He was the incarnation of Yamaraj, one of the twelve Mahajans, on the level with such exalted personalities as Brahma, Narada, Shiva, Kapila, Bhishma, Prahlad, and so on. Because Yamaraj is a Mahajan, it is his duty to preach the cult of devotion to the people of the world, as Narada, Brahma, and other Mahajans do. But Yamaraj is always busy. Let me read that again. It wasn't quite right. Because Yamaraj is a Mahajan, it is his duty to preach the cult of devotion to the people of the world, as Narada, Brahma, and other Mahajans do. But Yamaraj is always busy in his Plutonic kingdom, punishing the doers of sinful acts. Yamaraj is deputed by the Lord to a particular planet, some hundreds of thousands of miles away from the planet of Earth, to take away the corrupt souls after death and convict them in accordance with their respective sinful activities. Thus Yamaraj has very little time to take leave from his responsible office of punishing the wrongdoers. There are more wrongdoers than righteous men. Therefore Yamaraj has to do more work than other demigods, who are also authorized agents of the Supreme Lord. But he wanted to preach the glories of the Lord, and therefore by the will of the Lord he was cursed by Mandukamuni to come into the world, to come into the world as the incarnation of Vidura, and work very hard as a great devotee. Such a devotee is neither a Shudra nor a Brahmana. He is transcendental to such divisions of mundane society, just as the personality of Godhead assumes his incarnation as a hog, but is neither a hog nor a Brahma. He is above all mundane creatures. The Lord and his different authorized devotees sometimes have to play the role of many lower creatures to claim the, the, the conditioned souls. But both the Lord and his pure devotees are always in the transcendental position. 
when Yamaraj thus incarnated himself as Vidura. His post was officiated by Aryama, one of the many sons of Kashapa and Aditi. The Adityas are sons of Aditi, and there are twelve Adityas. Aryama was one of the twelve Adityas, and therefore it is quite possible for him to take charge of the office of Yamaraj during his one hundred years' absence in the form of Vidura. The conclusion is that Vidura is never, was never a Shudra, but was greater than the purest type of Brahmana. Hare Krishna, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Mahatma Vidura Ki Jai. So we're going to stop here. We're at 6.50, 7.50, sorry, 7.50. Had a good run, didn't take long, but here we are. We'll start with text 16 tomorrow. So now if the assembled sages would be kind enough to share with us their reflections on these wonderful descriptions, please be our guest. First is from Rati Manjari. Rati Manjari, Hare Krishna, first off the block today. Jai Guru Maharaj, let's hear about our heroes and heroines. Yes, absolutely. From Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj. Feeling safe and sound in the association of your daily reading service. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada and cheers to the assembled devotees. Cheers. Jai Ho. Very nice. We're in England. You must be from England? No? Anyway, that's what they say here. Cheers. And cheers to you too. And it, it gives me so much satisfaction when I hear someone say that they're getting shelter from these daily readings because it's the goal of my life and in my present state of existence health-wise it's very difficult for me to do the normal traveling and preaching that I would, would, would have done for the past oh, 48 years but now I can travel through the sound of my voice uh, to read Srila Prabhupada's books out loud and it is so satisfying to hear someone say that they feel sheltered by that. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. From Davide. Davide. Hare Krishna Davide. He says, thank you Maharaj. Thank you, Hare Krishna. it? So far. So far. More is coming. Either that or everyone else went on vacation. I went on vacation the day before yesterday, so everybody is taking a vacation here. I know I can kind of run you to, some, to say something. From Rasika Shiromani Das. From Rasika Shiromani Das. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. All glories to your service to Lord Chaitanya's mission and to Srila Prabhupada's. Well, thank you very much, Rasika Shiromani. He was here in the beginning of the reading, but he had some uh, problem with his back this morning, so he's uh, hearing from a distance. <laughs> Hare Krishna well I guess the intrigues of the Pandavas and against the Pandavas and Vidura's heroism has stunned everyone and put them into ecstasy tonight and not many reflections are there or maybe there's something else going on it is a Madhvacharya's appearance day 
or disappearance, I don't remember which. From Rati Manjari? Haripo Rati, I knew I could count on you. She says, Gopokanya is not the only one who feels sheltered by your readings, Guru Maharaj. I was just telling my aunt of 86 years old that for the past four years I am following your readings and getting strength by them. Well, thank you very much. It gives real deep meaning to my life. You know, Srila Prabhupada said that the purpose of, our, of his movement was to find one pure devotee. And I'm finding many pure devotees by doing this reading. Because these readings, straight readings of Prabhupada's books, it doesn't happen very often that there's just straight readings of Prabhupada's books every single day at, at, at this amount of time. Uh, but yes, it is special. It's a special shelter. And uh, I feel very honored and privileged uh, to be able to do this. I don't know how it happened. It was partly due to uh, Rati Manjari's encouragement and Radharaman's encouragement that I started actually recording like this and broadcasting, live stream the readings. But it has been such a uh, rewarding experience, I can't express it. So I also am very grateful to Rati Manjari and to Radharaman, my dear friend. Hare Krishna. And more from Rati Manjari. Hmm. Would you please share some inform information on Madhvacharya? It is his disappearance day today. You know, I don't know hardly anything about Madhvacharya. Would you like to share something with us? He came, Madhvacharya, uh, as an incarnation of Vayu. He was a specially empowered devotee uh, who, uh, along with Ramanujacharya before him or after him, uh, was responsible for the sound, soundly defeating the impersonal Mayavad philosophy of Shankaracharya. He was, he was famous for his physical strength. He was once accosted by a, a, a great number of dacoits and he just finished them all off. And, and he had such a reputation that this big, you know these strong man type people? They have, a, they have an event in the world, the strongest man in the world and they lift heavy things and show off their muscles. And so this man came and uh, Madhvacharya put his toe on the ground and he said, can you lift it? And this man tried with all of his strength to lift Madhvacharya's toe off the earth and he couldn't do it. Madhvacharya left very, very early in his life and traveled all over India and he wrote many books and he, he finally ended up, he, he, he composed a a uh, commentary on the Bhagavad Gita and went directly to Vadarakashram and found Vyasadev there. And he actually read his Bhagavad Gita commentary in front of Madhvacharya and it was approved by Vyasadev. And therefore there's a big link, li there's a, there's a, there seems like a gap in between uh, Vyasadev and Madhvacharya because it was many many years after that Madhvacharya met Vidura I mean uh, Vyasadeva but still that's the link in the disciplic succession so we come in Madhvacharya's Sampradaya Madhavendupuri was initiated by a descendant disciple of Madhvacharya and then Ishwara Puri was, was initiated by Madhavendra Puri, also 
Advaitacharya was initiated by Madhavendra Puri and some other famous devotees. And, of course, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then took initiation from Ishwara Puri. So therefore, our line of disciplic succession is called the Brahma, Madhva, Gaudiya, Sampradaya. All glories to Madhvacharya. He is one of the four uh, uh, founder acharyas. You know, there's four uh, bona fide Vaishnava acharyas. And originally, they came from Brahma, Shiva, the four Kumaras, and uh, Lakshmi Devi. And then those disciplic successions were passed down through the generations. Uh, but when it came to the Kali Yuga, uh, there needed to be some uh, clarification or purification, I guess you could say, of those Sampradayas. They needed to be reinstated properly. So these four, Ramanuja, Madhvacharya, uh, Vishnu Swami, and I can't remember the last one. Nimbarka. Nimbarka. Thank you very much. I have a brahmachari scholar helping me. So these these four uh, acharyas uh, reinvigorated the Brahma Sampradaya Madhvacharya, and the Ramanujacharya uh, came to invigorate the Sri Sampradaya and Nimbarka uh, invigorated the, the uh, Rudra Sampradaya and the four Kumaras, Nimbarka, I'm sorry, Nimbarka invigorated the Kumara Sampradaya. So in this way, uh, Madhvacharya is an extremely important personality uh, and an authority in devotional service. Hare Krishna. More from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. And he has this famous mudra where he holds up two fingers, signifying that there are always two principles, a soul and a super soul. That's right. That was the, that was symbolic of his defeating of the Mayavad philosophy. Is there a difference between the teachings of Madhvacharya and the teachings of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Yes, there are some differences. Uh, Madhvacharya never never spoke about Shrimati Radharani, and therefore, the, in in the uh, sampradaya of Madhva Sampradaya, before Madhavendra Puri, there was no Madhurya Ras. There was no Braj uh, Bhakti. It was all uh, Vaikuntha, Lakshmi Narayan, and Krishna. Sometimes Krishna was off, was also. He found a a, a deity of uh, Madhvacharya found a deity of uh, Krishna. Uh, he was on the bank of a of the ocean, and there was a boat that got somehow or other stuck and he gave them some directions to free it and they they came and wanted to give him something so he agreed to accept a huge chunk of chandan and inside the chunk of chandan was a deity of Krishna and is still worshipped in Udupi uh, Udupi Krishna and uh, but there's no Radharani. That's the main difference. There are also some subtle philosophical differences, but there, th it doesn't help to to get into those details. Hare Krishna. 
Shrimati Manjari says, thank you very much. Hare Krishna. I don't know very much, but whatever I... You brought out something. I don't... My memory is not so sharp anymore because of my age, but uh, still, all those things are in there somewhere. We've heard them. Thank you. Rasika commented, hearing nonetheless. Hearing nonetheless. Yes, you're always hearing. All we do is see Rasika Shirmani hearing. That he, he's a professional hearer. <laughs> I mean that in a, in a complimentary way, not a, not a joking way. It's true. He was responsible for editing, you know, the sound of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, and uh, he sat and heard and heard and heard for two years. It was amazing what he did. From Gopakanya? Gopakanya, Hare Krishna. She says, I live, I live in Holland. I am a servant of Rati Manjari Devi Dasi. Oh, really? I didn't know that. No wonder you're so attached to hearing. Hare Krishna. I'm from Vilas Manjari. Haribo Vilas Manjari. Dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Haribo. I found it very instructive that Vidura didn't mention the demise of, of Yadu dynasty, although that would have been very significant news. Bad news finds its own way of reaching people, and he demonstrated real control of speech. That's brilliant. Yes, that's a brilliant reflection. And I, I thought of that also when we were reading. What an exalted culture. This is, this is human life. These are the way human beings treat one another in a real human culture. And now the human culture has turned into an animalistic culture. And these kinds of things are not going on. You know, everyone broadcasts in the internet anything they can find that's derogatory about one thing or another and is creating a horrible atmosphere. And therefore we're trying to counteract that atmosphere by broadcasting transcendental sound into the ether. And eventually it will win. Because transcendental sound is much more powerful than these mundane sounds, as we'll see how powerful Vidura's instructions were to Dhritarashtra. Goranga Gopal. Jai Goranga Gopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for reading tonight. We heard how, quote, a pure devotee like Vidura always feels the presence of the Lord everywhere. He sees everything in the potency of the Lord and the Lord in everything. Unquote. Yes. I was reading today the series of verses in chapter 6 of the Bhagavad Gita, starting with verse 29, where Krishna describes how the perfect yogi sees Krishna. Mm. As I was reading these verses, I found it so difficult to actually understand their flow and what Krishna was explaining. I find it difficult to express a question here, but I guess I was wondering if you could enlighten us about how a true yogi sees Krishna everywhere, in everything, and in all beings. Thank you so much. Well, it begins with transcendental knowledge. You remember in the fourth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, uh, Krishna speaks this very famous verse to Arjuna. Tadvidi panipatena pariprashnena sevina upatekshantite jnanam jnaninas tatvadarshinaha Just try to approach, just try to learn the truth by approaching a, a spiritual master and inquire submissively and serve. The self-realized soul can impart to you the truth because he's seen the truth. So this seeing the truth is what we're talking about and it's what Krishna was talk, is talking about in the sixth chapter you're talking about. 
And the next verse says what that knowledge is or what the gateway to that knowledge is. Yajgyatva na punar moham evam yasyasi pandava yena bhutanya sheshani drakshasyat manyato mayi When you've received this knowledge, <clears throat> when you've actually received the knowledge and we heard in the purports how Vidura was uh, taught how to uh, how to apply the knowledge into his practical life, and now he's now he's going to teach Dhritarashtra how to apply the knowledge into the practical life. So that application of knowledge is described in this verse. Yajgyatva Napunar Moham, this is 435, for those of you who want to keep track, write it down. When one has gotten this knowledge and applied it into his life, he see, his vision changes. He sees through the eyes of knowledge. Jnanachakshus. And what does he see? First of all, he doesn't ever fall into illusion again. Why? Because he sees that through this knowledge, he sees that every living being is but a part of the Supreme. Like when you look out in nature and you see the birds and the animals and the plants doing their thing, the ecosystem, which the material world exists everywhere in the material world, you can see how their activities and their life is patterned, you know. It's patterned because their super soul is inside and giving direction. But then Krishna says, and they are mine. So not only are the living beings part and parcel of the Supreme, which gives you a general vision, Brahman vision, when you see that there's one source of everything. There's too much pattern. There's too much same things going on. I remember when I first left America and started traveling the world. First thing I noticed, hey, there's the same things that are going on here as in America. They're driving around, they're going to the store, they're buying their boga, they're, they're getting married, they have homes, they're educating their kids, doing business, doing politics. It's the same activity going on everywhere. So a person who is in knowledge sees that this is, there's some pattern behind it. It's coming from somewhere. It's too, too much similar. And in this way, they see the presence of the Supreme. And then at the end of the verse, Krishna says, and they are mine. You will see that they're mine. So when your spiritual knowledge, your Brahman vision, where you see everything's coming from one source, comes to the point of seeing that that one source is a person and that that person is Krishna, then one remembers Krishna seeing anything and everyone and everything. In other words, everything reminds the pure devotee of Krishna. He never loses uh, touch with Krishna through remembrance. And then the most advanced devotee, that knowledge causes the devotee to visualize Krishna. So such a person always is absorbed in Krishna, sees Krishna in everything, and everything in Krishna. Hare Krishna. Right, something from Petr, Petr Pramborg. Petr Pramborg. Very nice name. I think it's the first time we've heard this name. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. 
Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances or glories to Srila Prabhupada. If I remember correctly, we read a little about the importance of inquiring from a spiritual master yesterday. Most times when I have a question or a reflection, I can't bring myself to ask it. What can I do? <laughs> I don't know, ask somebody how, how to ask. <laughs> I mean, some people are shy. Some people are naturally gifted and when they hear they they just they get it when Prabhupada was with Bhakti Siddhanta and he wasn't with him so many times but whenever he was with him he never asked him any questions but he heard and he was he became attached to hearing from him and therefore he got everything of course this was a special situation even Prabhupada admitted that it was a divine meeting. I was talking to the devotees from Hong Kong today, Q&A session, and we were remembering this divine uh, trifectorate, meaning, meaning group of three personalities who were very powerful, specially empowered to reawaken the Krishna consciousness on the earth and spread it all over the world. That was Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraita Thakur, and our own dear Srila Prabhupada. They met by divine arrangement and they spread Krishna consciousness all over the world in pursuance of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's prophecy that his movement would spread and the holy name would be spread in every town and village of the world. So, about, I just strayed a little bit from the question. Uh, yeah, some people are shy and they get their answers, their, their questions answered by being in a group and the ones who do know how to inquire, they get the answer to their questions in that way. So it's not necessarily a bad thing or that you're condemned because you can't, you're too shy to ask a question. But go on hearing and you will get empowerment to both understand everything and inquire. Never stop hearing these books. And all your questions will be answered even if you can't vocalize them. Because Krishna is in your heart and He knows what you need. And He gives it to you. Through these purports of Srila Prabhupada. Sudevi Dasi says Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna Sudevi Dasi I wondered where you were I thank you again uh, for your wonderful reflections and, and questions uh, it's late it's 18 after 8 I thought it was going to stop right at before 8 o'clock but it kept on going by your grace thank you very much Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Samabeda Bhaktivinda Ki Jai Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo See you tomorrow night Same time, same place, same topic We'll hear this very interesting pastime of how Vidura enlightened Dhritarashtra Hari Krishna See you tomorrow